Oh yeah, I like the sound of that, and I know that you're gonna like the sound of it too. This is The Manny Wolf Show, where I pull no punches, I don't hold back in my conversations with some of the most interesting minds on the planet. So, put us in your ear, turn the volume up, and hang on for another episode. Looks like we are live, and welcome back to another episode of the temporarily named Quarantine All-Stars program. <clears throat> Originally, my idea was to do this as a service when I was a little bit catatonic, quite frankly, as I was watching these, these global events unfold. I didn't know what to do, and so I decided I just want to try to serve an audience who is also sort of, you know, stuck in unknown and um, and maybe not knowing what to do as well. So my strategy was let's help people sharpen their skills. Um, to that end, I've brought you guys tons of really great guests teaching you really cool things that you can actually use. That's really, really um, crucial here. And today's guest, Rob Waddell, is no different. Um, give me one second, Rob. And how are you? Good morning. I just I'm need to good. Do Thank the, you. Good morning. I just need to do the sharing and all that stuff um, that apparently I can't set up to be done ahead of time. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some really good guests and a, a really good diversity. <laughs> yeah, it's been. I mean, it's really been a, a wonderful thing. It has uh, sort of really fired me back up and given me a sense of purpose. Um, and for those of you that don't know, which would be, I suppose, most all of you, Rob is actually um, uh, the guy that helps me with a lot of my back end stuff. And so I feel like we're really pretty, pretty fortunate to have you here. Um, let me just do a watch party. Because apparently those are hot right now. <laughs> okay, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Waddell. Yay! Oh, thanks for the invite. It's always good to get on. I don't normally do lives. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you don't. Much, you much prefer to be behind, behind the scenes. scenes. Much prefer to be behind the scenes. Ah, so um, what are you gonna what are you gonna talk about today? What are we gonna cover today? What I'd like to do is help people to understand that all this online digital marketing stuff that they see mm -hmm. can work, but. The thing that I often see is missing is the fact that there's no solid strategy. And what I mean by that, I'll explain a bit more detail. I'm going to talk to you and help the, the listeners to understand there is a, a model that's been around for 100 years, in fact, over 100 mm -hmm. years, that is as relevant today. And all the new terminology and all the new language, really, to make it work, has to have a solid strategy. And I'll give some examples and talk about what that means. And I'm going to talk about two two models and give us some real life examples. So the so the old school traditional model uh, that's called ADA, which is the initial mm -hmm. letters A-I-D-A. You know that. You and I've talked about that before. I'll go yes. through that and show you how it's completely the same as the no like trust that everyone talks about nowadays. And the I second love this. thing. Yeah. And the second thing yeah. I think is to talk about what anyone that's been to business school or into marketing school will have done formally in education wise. But people don't ever, 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 ever talk about when they're talking about their digital new course or something like that. Right. Is this thing called the marketing mix? And what does that mean? And how is it relevant? And how can people think about it? So when they do their launch, it's a planned launch. It's not just a random. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to launch course. 
Right. Right. So yeah. probably I, best to I think, start with some of the background. Anybody who's been in my world for a while has heard me say this over and over again. Um, this stuff, these fundamentals, there's so there's two ideas I want to really uh, get across here. One is only the delivery mechanism is really different in digital marketing and online marketing. And I think people get confused. And I think a lot of marketers have a hand in getting people confused with that, right? Because it's, it behooves the new funnel guru or the new whatever SAAS guru to have you think that the fundamentals somehow don't apply. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that there's, there's a, a bit of that in the mix. Um, and, and that having been said, you know, I talk a lot about the fundamentals. I, I really try to focus on the fundamentals, um, especially when I'm talking about organic marketing. People will hear me say until I'm blue in the face, you just have to get in front of people. Yeah. You have to have a relevant message and a personality that they they like. And at some point, the 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 sales almost happen by themselves. Right. Yeah. It, it's so much easier. It is. Yeah. Not and, literally, and but almost. <laughs> and we'll, we'll come back to kind of the, the relevance because that's that's one of the two words which go hand in hand. So, yeah, I mean, do you want to kind of I'll give you a bit of an explanation first, if that sure. helps put yeah. a framework around it and then we'll use some examples. So this thing called the ADA model, A-I-D-A, A equals awareness, I equals interest, D equals desire, and the A is for action. Mm -hmm. So let's just take it through this way. Think about a customer journey, a new client journey, a new online customer to buy a course, anything that you do, anything that anyone else does online. First thing is awareness. Never heard of this guy. Don't know what the heck he's about. Right. I've just seen this video in my feed. Right. I'll give it, give it a watch, give it a listen. So the first step is awareness. You've got zero awareness. And in this incredibly, incredibly busy online digital platform, there's so much noise. I've forgotten the figure, but something like 40,000 marketing messages we get every day now. It sounds no about right. Yeah. So how do you cut through? So the first thing is, I've never heard of this guy, Manny Wolf. So right. you need to build awareness. And one thing right. that you do do really, really well is get your reach and get your awareness out there on a consistent basis. And we'll come up to brand consistency. So the first thing you got to do is build that awareness. So mm -hmm. people talk about funnels. Let's talk about funnels. And they talk about the shape of the funnel and it's big and wide. And then it gets narrower. Right. All they're doing is talking about at the top, you need a load of people to see you, to hear you before they engage with you. Right, exactly. Let's use an example. Nike, or Nike, Nike. Nike. <laughs> they have been advertising for a long period of time and spent a lot of money advertising. But they don't do product messages. They don't do a, here's the new lightning boot, $149, buy it now. You don't right. see that advertising from them. Exactly. They build a brand by building mass awareness and yeah, there's a whole lot of language, but they are consistently delivering awareness, 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 awareness. Yeah. And then once you've seen enough of them, you're then moving to the next stage, which is, mm -hmm. am I interested in what they're talking about? Am I yeah. interested in this subject matter? Am I interested in being an on-stage celebrity? Am I interested in learning how to do this course? It's a low level of interaction, but I'm, I'm interested. My ears are pricked up. Yeah. So you move from awareness into the level of who's interested in my offer. 
those that are interested you've heard it before lots of people talk about it you need maybe five or seven interactions before people are kind of prepared to part with cash right now i'm going to put e-commerce to one side because you can sell cold here's a product i love it i'm going to buy it so i was looking early today for some some decent microphones and lighting you know and, and i will just see an ad for something if it does what i want I might instantly buy it, but we're talking about building an audience here. So we talk about yeah, awareness. Exactly. Interest. Let's just open that up and really, really, really make that specification clear, that dis- distinction clear. There, there are two kinds of, of purchasers. There are people that you enculturate and indoctrinate into your whatever it is. And then there are people who sit on the couch or stand in the studio or whatever and go, I need X. They go to Amazon or wherever and look for it. Yeah. We're not talking about them, although there is an overlap, because if you're Nike and you're doing a great job of, of, of constantly putting yourself side by side with great athletes, when somebody who wants to go for a run says, I need a new pair of shoes, whoever's done the best job of positioning themselves yeah. in that person's head is probably going to yeah. get the sale. Yeah. So let's talk about that in the second half and let's come back sure. to that example. You bet. So, yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. There's a whole load of stuff under mm-hmm. the brand architecture, the brand itself. What does the brand mean? What does it stand for? And that's a, right. a slightly different conversation. But, yeah, that, right. that's got to be there. So we move them from never heard, never seen into a level of, yeah, I'm kind of interested in what they're talking about here. And then honing it down, you're into that, I, I desire, that I want this. I really need this. Mm-hmm. And it might take several messages or it might take something to build a level of trust. So let's now go awareness, interest, desire, that burning need to have something. Those that sell really well through things like Facebook ads know that they've been successful because they talk about getting to those pain points. You know, identify the problem, provide the the solution, and then the call to action. So the structure in most good ads online would be like that. You know, headline, talk about the pain point. Secondly, let me show you how I've got the answer to that. And then thirdly, click here, link here, go here. Right. So at that level of intensity, you hear people talking about you've got to nail your offer. The reason that is so important is because unless you can get that emotional connection with what you're offering, what your brand is, unless you get that emotional connection, you won't have that desire. You won't have that burning need. I have to buy, I have to click, or at least I have to click the learn more button to, to find out. And that's why the funnel goes broad, goes narrow, goes narrower. Because right. you're moving from in awareness, interest into desire. Fewer people. You might start with a million people at the top. You might right. only have 50,000 what mm-hmm. I call raving fans. And you want to have raving fans. You want to polarize. You want those that don't want you, don't like you, shove them to one side and have yeah. your raving fans. They're the ones that will buy from you. So create that level of desire by talking to their pain points, talking about their specific needs. Then the action, take action, what's the call to action, should, as you said earlier, come more easily. Yeah. Because the selling's being done. It's yeah. not the sale through the call to action. It's the, if you like, the indoctrination process. But I don't like indoctrination. That suggests they're being it, brainwashed. It's a creepy word. <laughs> By the way, so, if you want to be um, – you want to know how to be polarizing. And if you saw what happened uh, yeah. to a couple of my posts two days ago, apparently all you have to do is use the word um, or the phrase. Um, what was it? It was um, uh, conspicuously attractive. 
and you will be polarizing just like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't like talking about having haters, but you kind of if people are going to make, make comments, just fine. It's that they're not your tribe, as people say. Yeah. So yeah, then, the call, exactly. then the then the then the action is what action do you want them to take? So that's an right. easier step. And sometimes it's to buy, but sometimes it's to jump on a call. Sometimes it's not to jump on a call. Is that? Can you hear that noise in the background? <laughs> I can. It's the gardener. For me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every so two call, weeks, whoever's on the interview gets this. <laughs> I was just checking. It wasn't my feedback, darlings. Um, so the call to action. What do you action do you want them to say? And sometimes, if you've kind of got them quickly through your process then it's a softer sell. The call to action maybe is learn more, go find out more, which might take them to a sales page. It might take them to a webinar. It might take them to a call with you. Yeah. The only way to work that out is to, is to map out your customer journey, your client journey, your prospect's journey. So that's it. You know, it doesn't matter whether you, you think about a funnel. It doesn't matter if you think about a, a left to right journey to the customer mm -hmm. journey. Right. But let's take the Ada model and go... Awareness, interest, desire, action. What does that sound like? That sounds like no, like, and trust. Yeah. And then I as I like right. As I always say, at the end of trust, like if if your no is a thousand, your like is probably a hundred, your trust is probably ten. And the corollary to the action from the ADA model is the two or three, the one to three that are ready to buy. Yeah. So it totally, Absolutely. it totally fits. Rob, I just want to take one second and say hello, Diana. Hello, Bob. Hello, Jonah. Hello, Rory. Uh, mm. Please give some thumbs ups, guys. Give some hearts and share this. Share this out, Bob, Rory, Diana. Share this out, Jonah. Share this out if I could, if I could mm. ask you to, my friend. Thank you guys for jumping on. I really appreciate it. I know Rob does. I want a cue uh, card. And, and and yeah, really. Uh, don't be don't be bashful about you know helping out as we're helping you out. It, it's yeah. it's just a really decent topic. Type, type of question we'll do it on the fly. You know, yeah, you like. type of question too. Okay, so the no like trust same model. It's mm -hmm. just a different a different set of words, a different language. But yeah. if if people don't trust you, if they don't buy into you, you might get a low level purchase, but you won't get a high a high ticket purchase as people talk about. And besides, mm -hmm. you know. High ticket. What is high ticket? Three, five, ten. Some people pay a hundred thousand pounds for decent, you know, decent, you know, uh, coaching, if you like. So let's just use an example. You said earlier things like these fun fancy funnels. The guys that know what they're doing with funnels know what their customer journey looks like, right. and they plan out their campaign. Mm -hmm. They don't just chuck one, you know, one image up there, run one ad and one landing mm -hmm. page. It can work, but those that are experienced in it build consistently campaigns. And what do I mean by that? They'll right. plan a launch. So this is where I come on to the second thing. If you go through that customer journey, okay, the call to action is the engagement or the buy or the, you know, talk to me. So I always ask people to start with the end in mind. What result do you want before you actually worry about getting your awareness out there and get and building you know a tribe what do you want people to do at the end so start with the end in mind i keep saying to myself you know if i'm trying to plan something what do yeah. i want the result to be so if the result is get them on a call through a webinar then fine 
plan your activity, plan your campaign and plan what steps you're going to take at each step of the process. So you might start with an organic series of, well, let's take your series right now. You know, you could say, here's six weeks of interviews. Yeah. At the end of the six weeks, then there could be some call to actions. There could be some valuable content in that. Um, so start with the end in mind. What do I want the result to be? I want someone to buy something from me. So, okay, so what's the step before that? Okay, so let's put an offer out to them. What does that offer look like? Step before that, how many people do I want to see that? Mm -hmm. one, people that, that one thing that people don't recognize is that marketing has always been and will always be the mixture of art and science. You know, mm -hmm. is it an art because it's really creative and it's stimulating or is it a science? If you don't know your numbers in marketing, if you don't know your numbers running a business, then you are playing games and you are not serious about what you're doing. Right. So part of what I've also done is business coaching. And I always start with the numbers. What's your objective? Yes, I want to build a massive empire. Yes, I want to, I want to build sales. How much do you need to sell? What's your top line, your bottom line? Okay, I need to make 10 grand this month. Right. Okay. Is that 10 customers at a grand each? Or is that 100 customers at whatever it is, $100? And then you work backwards. So how many people do you need to get to? Use your numbers, work backwards. If you start with a million people here and you end up, end up with 100 here, how are you going to take them through that journey? What mechanics are you going to use and what tools are you going to use? So back to where does the shiny objects come in? Mm -hmm. Your campaign could be organic. So one of your streams of activity is going to be I'm going to go live every single day and build an awareness and I'm going to boost my activity and I'm going to get my reach out there and get people that really not heard about. So at the front end, you've got to know how many people you want to get to. Because it might only be 50% go through the first stage, 20% through the second stage. Right. So when you plan your campaign, that's why live and why videos and why when we run ads on video ads, they are so powerful. Because you can see how engaged the audience is. And you know, if we have time, we'll talk about video ads. So what I'm saying is, what do you want to sell at the end? Set your financial objectives, and then you can build your plan and build your funnel that's what you want to call it mm -hmm. start with 100 percent at the top end up with 10 percent at the bottom and what steps are you going to take so when you plan your activity have your organic activity if you if you are ready do paid for ads if you're not ready don't waste your money running ads unless you know what you're doing right can we um do you have a rule of thumb or something to give us a sense of who and when who should be and when they should be uh, thinking about paid ads. This is a big mystery in the, in the marketplace. Hey, Manny here. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the importance of growing your own personal brand and your own audience. In this day and age, if you do business on social media or on the internet in general, you need to be focused on your personal brand. And your personal brand is a function of what people say, think, and feel about you behind your back. And that's where we can come in and help you tremendously. So I'd like to invite you to go over to my website, mannywolf.com, where you can either schedule a call with me or my team, or you can learn about the ways that we can help you to grow your audience powerfully and quickly. In this day and age, content is absolutely king. And if you don't have a content strategy, you can't expect big results. And what we do is we help you with powerful, powerful content strategies. 
In short, we can put you everywhere all the time without you doing hardly any work. Sounds kind of cool, right? If you'd like to learn more, head over to mannywolf.com and either book a call or look into one of the ways that we have already prepared to help you rapidly grow your audience, grow your trust, your authority, your personal brand, and of course, through all of those things, grow your business. All right, now back to the show. And uh, it would be great to get your two cents on that. So my view, what I tell people is do not waste a dime on running any ads on Facebook or anything else unless you've tested your concept. Okay, Meaning. so that's the first step. Meaning you've at least had a low level of engagement and a low level of selling something. Right. So you, you can make an offer. You can do it. Let's face it, people do do groups and talk about groups and they say you don't have to have a big group. If right. you've got a hundred people in a Facebook group and you are talking their language, you might only want two buyers. So right. I say to people, do your research. And this is like the other old school teaching. Research, research, research equals test, test, test. Mm -hmm. So test your offer, try it out, make sure you get someone that it resonates with. Okay. Then you will talk about scaling. So identify your concept, test it, prove it. If you can't sell to one, two, five people, mm -hmm. then is your offer right? Work on what your proposition is. Work on how you're positioning it. Only run ads when you know that it's at least been tested at a low level. That's part one. The second part is in truth, you can test through ads. So you can, and I always recommend to people, budget for 100 to $200 running Facebook ads if you want to test out your offer, if you want to test out your audience. Expect nothing back. Don't right. expect yourself. Right. You're testing your concept, but more than that, you're also testing out your ability to communicate through an ad, which is a whole different ballgame. So mm -hmm. don't, don't waste money on advertising until you've done your research and tested that it can work. Okay, great. There you guys go. So uh, getting back to the the process, what comes next? Okay, so um, you've got a framework. Mm -hmm. Let, let's talk about testing your concept. Yeah. So you can do this. I wouldn't recommend doing it with family and friends. Put an offer out there. I mean, you do this all the time. You ask people yeah. if they're interested. And yep. you're getting you're getting engagement because yeah. people put their hands up. That's why people do do uh, Facebook uh, and do comments to say, if I did this, would you be interested? So those that are really switched on with the digital marketing pre-sell their launches, sometimes even before they've got it all together. Yeah. So it's worth throwing it out there. Now I'm going to be a bit contentious here. You've heard the expression ready aim and fire and you've also heard people online saying no 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 no, it's all wrong ready fire aim right yeah part of me really hates that and the reason is if you're just going to fire bullets everywhere and you don't know what you're aiming at you're gonna be spewing stuff out there with no plan no action so i, I do think it is worth getting to know who your target audience is and who who's going to respond to your offer so the ready, aim, fire is only relevant in terms of don't procrastinate. Try right. it yeah. and be ready to fail. So I yeah. do buy into that completely. In the old school, all we used to do was design a product to sell, 
and we then put it out to the market. We would test it. We would do it in research groups. Right. So we used to run research groups with eight people sat in a room, and we would talk to them about this particular subject matter, and we would say, look, here's some concepts. Put them in front of you. Show them boards. Show them TV ads. Mm-hmm. And we would say, what do you think about that? And you'd listen to eight people. It's a focus group. So do this, you can do the same thing on Facebook. You don't have to do it on a live. You can do it in your own personal thread. Right. So the first stage is I get your concept together and then test it. Second stage is going to be if that works, then put it into a, an offer and put it somewhere where they can obviously buy into it. When you come to design your product, though, the second kind of traditional model I want to share with you is the marketing mix. What do I mean by that? It used to be uh, the four P's. Product. Uh, product, uh, price, promotion, and place. And by place is where. So it's kind of the what, who, how, and, and where. So what I mean, mean by that, what's your product? Design your product. You're designing something to sell online. What does it look like? You know, Describe it to people. What is the offer itself? The pricing, you've got to know your pricing in the market. What are people prepared to pay? The psychology of selling is that a sales page that's got one price and one offer is giving someone a binary choice. Yeah, it's this price, buy it, take it or leave it. Good sales pages, you will see there's a there's a scale. There's a low price, a mid price, and an upper price. And that is psychology that simply says give people three choices. You know, the basic membership, the pro membership, or the VIP unlimited membership. You put three choices in front of people. They're more likely to choose one. You give them a, this is a 997, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. It's more likely that people will choose not to. So do your research on your pricing. Look at competitive offers and then pitch your prices at different price points. You've heard it before. If you sell lots and lots and lots at a price, then you can probably raise that price to go to the next level. Sure. So do your research and check out your pricing versus other relative offers. So you've designed your product. You've got your price. Yeah. How are you going to promote it? So that's when you come into the planning. Do you want to yeah. be on every single channel doing everything? So just hold that thought. Product, price, promotion. Okay. Now you go back, to the, go back to the ADA model and you say awareness. Okay, so the awareness is simply how we're we going to promote this thing. Do I want to be on every single channel out there getting my awareness maximized and talking about my offer? You could right. do. You might find that expensive. So people talk about mm-hmm. starting on one platform, maybe two platforms. But if you really want to maximize your awareness and get your products out there, you need to be on probably Facebook, Instagram, depending upon profile. YouTube is definitely right. Right. where to be. How omnipresent do you want to be? So when you want to be on people's visibility platform, then use your awareness and use your promo, do your, your where you're going to be seen on your place, where am I going to be live? So you can see it's it's kind of the old old model still applies. It's a case of yep. you've got to make sure it's honed in and you know where you're going with it. By the way, I just want to take this that little door that you just opened and foreshadow something that uh, that I'm working on, gang, that Rob is actually helping me with, which is uh, if you're on more than one platform, you probably know how overwhelming it can get feeling like you can feeling like you have to be here and here and here and here. And uh, for now, I'm going to say the words syndication engine 
And I'm going to tell you that we are solving this problem for you in a profound way. I'm just going to sort of dangle it out there for now because I don't want to interrupt what we're talking about here. But let me tell you guys something. Um, the, the, the solve to the omnipresence problem is coming. <laughs> you open the door, Rob. I had to take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I can I can you know easily think about six different places you can be. Yeah. Um, when we used to plan brand launches, we used to plan a TV campaign. Um, so those people that advertise mid spot of the Super Bowl, you know they are paying top dollar for that. Yes. Why do they do it? Why do they do it? Well, it's because the audience is so huge. And in particular, mm -hmm. it's loaded with men, which are sometimes difficult to get through to TV audiences. They're kind of the more passive. So the Super Bowl mid-break is the premium spot. Right. Because you can get one product or brand message out there to so many people. So given what you've just said, if you can, if you can leverage one piece of content on multiple platforms, you're doing the same kind of job. When we used to plan big brand launches, you would say, right, I need to be in the newspapers, in the magazines, on TV, being interviewed here. Right. And you build a team around you. So someone would do your, your PR stuff. Someone would do your get me on stage stuff. Somebody else, a different agency, would get you on TV. Right. So it's the same kind of process. All you're doing is solving the problem that says one point of contact, several different channels I can get you on. Yeah, exactly. It's the same discipline. So that's where the planning comes in. Where do you want to be seen and how do I get my awareness out there before I even pitch my offer? Right. And that becomes expensive. It really becomes expensive. You know, if you want to invest in a specialism in YouTube, that's going to cost you. You want to have someone that's going to run your ads. You can pay people peanuts and you'll you monkeys doing the job. But at the same time, <laughs> you can pay three grand for someone that knows what they're doing running ads. But there are lots and lots of people out there. So, you know, it's going to cost you to, to invest. And it is still investment. Marketing is about investment if you get the payback. So the ROI that people talk about marketing, if you want to be esoterical about it, is the allocation of scarce resources to deliver you a financial result. That's right. I've only got a thousand bucks this month. Where am I going to invest that thousand bucks to get my message out there? Mm -hmm. You can blow that in Facebook in a week. If you really want to. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I've, I've probably drifted off a little bit. So a little bit, but let's let's we'll get back to it. We can talk about ads because the brand message. So you talk about um, let's talk about Nike and, and the yeah. brand. So the proposition and everything that that fits around it is because they know their audience really really well. Mm -hmm. So ask your question, audiences. You've heard that before. You know what's going to really motivate them to to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. All that. Is, is your research. Go and look at people that are doing the same kind of stuff. Go onto their Facebook pages, see how they do the messaging. And it's kind of borrowing those clothes and don't copy it for Christ's sake, but you know, use it and learn from it and adapt it to your own style. You know I'm a brand champion. I hate people that copy copyright infringement. I hate people that rip off trademarks. I hate people that rip off brands. So have something unique, which which brings me to the brand itself that says, okay, you mentioned this word differentiation and relevance. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You must, must, must be able to say why you are better different than the competition. Correct. Correct. 
Correct. So the USP and people talk about niching down. The reason in the modern language that niching down is so important is because it's getting you to a point where you can say, right, my absolute point of difference is this. What I do that other people don't do is this. So you boil your brand down in your proposition to what's going to make a difference. Here's a question. Uh, in, in classical marketing, the idea was expressed to me back in college that you don't compete with Pepsi because they're at the top of their ladder. Instead, you build a different ladder. That's the same thing as, as niching down, right? <clears throat> Conceptually. Yeah. Or, or <clears throat> in other yeah, words, so in other words, let's say um, I am going to be a media company. But I don't, I don't, <laughs> how you like that? But I don't want to go directly after, God, I don't know, Fox, right? Because the likelihood of knocking them off the throne yeah. is very, yeah. very low. So instead, the question becomes, how can I think of ways to show my, show up differently so that people understand that, yes, I'm a media company. Yes, Fox is a media company, but we're not remotely the same thing. I'm doing a completely other thing. Yeah. So right. how do you differentiate yourself from the audience? So right. let, let's give an example. Part of your offer could be, what do I do? What single thing do I do better than or higher quality than and I'll use the word or, at, or, or a better value than somebody else. So let right. me give you an example. Um, you can have 20 different companies out there offering a software solution, yeah? an SAAS, you know, software as a solution. And let's just take a random idea, funnels. Now, in the last three weeks, there's been a big launch on the main funnel brand, but there's also other funnel brands out there that are offering something knowing that they're small, knowing that they can't compete, what's the point of difference? Mm -hmm. So I would say if I'm looking at a service business, yeah. my level of service could be my differentiator. So yeah. if you have a membership scheme, let's say you've got 20 funnel brands and you actually bought into all of their services, which one, which one responds quicker, better, more efficiently than any right. other? They right. would differentiate themselves in our mm -hmm. quality is the best in the market. Exactly. So they should talk about that in their communication. They should talk right. about, you've seen all the funnels out there. Try us. Try us free for two weeks, one month, whatever, right. and see what, and they can use your testimonials, see what they've been saying about us. We have put service levels and responsiveness at the top of our list of important factors. Right. Exactly. And that would be um, a very kind of an easily accessible example for people because uh, I think everyone's aware of, um, of, you know, the biggest funnel team in the game, right? Um, yeah, I, I didn't wear my funnel T-shirt today. Right, yeah. They're tricky. They're slick. <laughs> their name rhymes with Rick. <laughs> Do you know what else they are as well? They What's plan that? their launches. They yeah, they plan their, their launches. launches and they go omnipresent and they leverage and they go, all their partners. So that's so perfect that that you want to uh, you want an object lesson in how to go omnipresent. Look at slick Rick trick funnels. Um, but here's the thing, too, is it's it's just in the narrative that 
the service is so-so. Yeah. The product is so-so, right? It's like, I mean, for every fan, you can find two people who would cross the street to avoid it. Yeah. And so what what I what I really want to just expand on for people here is the way for you to do your funnel service, Mr. or Mrs. Funnel person, would be you'd have to look at like, okay, so what's the what's the Achilles heel of Slick Rick's trick funnels? And and how do I position myself as the answer to that frustration? Yeah. Now I'm not the second rung on that ladder. I'm my own ladder. Yeah. Right? Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So to be a successful brand, you have to be differentiated. Mm-hmm. And you have to be relevant. So as long as you bear that in mind, what's my relevance to my audience? What am I offering them? What am I serving them with? Then you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Don't differentiate on price because that's the roots to the bottom, you know, because right. yeah. someone comes in with a lower offer. We can do, oh, I'll drop my price. I'll drop my price. Exactly. I'll drop my price. Exactly. That's not the way forward. Right. Here in the United States, Walmart only has one service proposition, right? And there's nowhere they can go from there. If someone yeah. can beat them on price, they're in big, big trouble. Yeah. Because that's you, it. They went to the yeah. bottom. They started there. Now, they're very successful, but they're also very um, sort of like socially maligned by a lot of people and, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, but the thing so is, the, the thing to take away from that is they have no pivot. Yeah. So in the UK, Walmart bought a company called Asda, Asda number three, four grocery brand. Mm -hmm. And then years later, decades later, the Germans came in. So Lidl and Audi are clearly now seen in the UK as the best value in the market. But Mm -hmm. Asda is still trying to fight that corner. So I agree with you completely. The, The second thing I'd say is, is look at, how you can offer more, you know, so the added value, the ladder thing. Right, right, yeah. So picture price, the same, absolutely fine, but what are you going to do? So back to your differentiation. Um, I'll just give it a kind of call out here. for. Um, so there's a thing called Funnel Gorgeous, which has taken the fact that funnels are a bit clunky in design. There is a fabulous, 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 fabulous way to demonstrate you can have gorgeous-looking designs but functionally do the same job. Mm-hmm. So the differentiation there is we make them look beautiful and are full of your brand, you know, colors, richness, whatever you like oh, it to lovely. be. It's lovely. clearly differentiated and people yeah. absolutely, they have raving fans and I love yeah. their stuff, but it's clearly differentiated because what was wrong with funnels? So mm-hmm. it's just an example. So Let's move on to kind of like the brand and, you know, how important it is when you come to, to advertising. So you asked me about when should you advertise? So test your concept is one way of doing it. Um, the one thing I would encourage people to do is it's sometimes a bit frightening to get into Facebook ads. Do it slowly, do it a step at a time. Test it, test it, test it. Set a test budget. So if you want to try your offer out there, use video. And the reason I say use video is because if you want to practice and you want to find out whether your message is resonating, if you do a three-minute video, well, let's get the math simple. You do a four-minute video. Mm-hmm. The beauty about Facebook ads and why I love them is if you run a video and then hit the boost button, even if it's something simple, or you put it into the ads platform and you run a video yeah. for four minutes and you spend a little bit of money, it 
it might only need to be a dollar a day. It doesn't have right. to be a lot of money. Right. And you run that out to a thousand people. You get the numbers inside Facebook ads that shows you of those thousand people that it hit, how many watched it all the way through? How many watched it half the way through? How many watched it only at the beginning and then everyone disappeared? Right. You get those metrics. What that does, it allows you to test your messaging. It allows you to test your concept. It allows you to test your brand, your offer, everything. If you run a static ad, all you do is you find out how many people click the link maybe. Mm -hmm. So use video is my advice. If you're not sure, don't know, and you want to experiment, you want to test, and you want to try things out, stick the video, get your messaging right, and use the platform to test whether you're communicating your offer to the right people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that could be a whole other discussion and, and a whole other just – you know, like, like fertile valley of, of place you and I could go. I'm going to hold this off from that because I don't want it to get to scope creep, you know? Um, so we've got the ADA model, the four P's and, and how those are more classical ways of thinking about what is now called the no like, and trust journey. Uh, you've done a really great job in my opinion of showing us not only that we should differentiate, but what differentiation is how do we differentiate and um, and kind of taking some of the fear, I hope, for people out of how to test for running ads. And <laughs> see, we've already covered a lot, right? Um, how to validate before moving into ads. Yeah. Now that, that's quite a bit. Is there anything else uh, that you'd like people to know that sort of pertains to this uh, this general topic? without it getting, you know, too, too wild and wooly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's called the brand. What do I mean by that? Whatever offer you put out there. Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're going to be a personal brand, that's fine. That's you, you are the brand. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by brand? You know, if you're going to differentiate yourself, are you going to give it a name? Make sure that it's going to, again, resonate with your audience. I've seen people that say, look, I want to launch this course. I don't know what to call it. And you can poll people. So how you brand things, you don't have to do it all on your own. You can do a poll and you can say, I'm thinking of calling my course this. Yep. Yeah. And set a poll up. Give it four different or three different options. Yeah. You will get people to, to give you some feedback. So yeah. same thing. You know, when you put your offer together, what are you going to name it is sometimes really, really more important than what the price is. Yeah. So, you know, as well as I do, Facebook works in the same way as YouTube works in the same way as Google. It's all search engine driven. So how yeah. you name stuff is be found, back to the awareness stuff, how am I found? Mm -hmm. Think about keywords, think about searches, think about how you're going to brand it. So, yes, make it relevant. Yes, make it differentiated, but also be found, be found, be searchable. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter whether you're on YouTube being searched, you know, the how to. I want to go on YouTube, how to launch my own course. What will come up is those people that are selling course creation. Why? Right. Because their search engine is working in reverse. So reverse engineer stuff. Start at the end in mind. Same principle. So how you name stuff, use search terms. If you were looking for your kind of product, how would you look for it? So yesterday's interview was uh, about you know how to do a really good job on YouTube. Mm -hmm. YouTube's owned by Google. It's all search engine. Right. So think about key phrases. Think about how you name things. 
um, so that you could be found as well through search. Yeah. Let's take just a brief second to say hello to uh, Jackie, who has joined us, one of one of both your and my all-time favorite people. <laughs> Hi, Jackie. Um, so in, in, in summary, in conclusion, what would you want people to take away from this, Rob? How do we wrap all this up? I would say have a strategy and work out your plan. Mm -hmm. Don't just randomly go out there and put an offer out there. Right. Have a little bit of time thinking, right, okay, what's my first, six step, second step, third step? Yeah. And have worked out What's my offer going to be? What's the price going to be? And how am I going to test it? And do that first. Perfect. I want to say to people, um, I didn't plan this with Rob, but I just want to say two things, guys. Every time you see somebody create good, profound success in the online space, there is a tendency to make it look like it was off the cuff and cavalier. There's a certain way that that benefits the people doing it. Because it looks as though, oh, well, if I just sort of stumble backwards into this $100,000 a month idea, you can too. But what I want to tell you is every time I've pried open the container, every time I've dug deep, every time I've done examination, there's always a deep plan behind it. So what Rob's talking about here is probably can be found in every seemingly cavalier overnight success that you see. First of all, I want you to really take from this to, to be skeptical of, of the flashy promises because it just doesn't work that way. Second of all, um, I can personally and do personally vouch for, I don't even know if Rob has, if you have room in your calendar, but I can vouch for Rob's uh, strategic planning because we're going through it right now together as I, um, as I get ready to launch um, Syndication Engine. Uh, so I'm going to say, if you'd like to talk to Rob about your own strategy, either ask me for an intro or reach out to him directly. Um, if you can't find him or whatever, you're more comfortable having me connect you, I'll do it. But um, the feeling of, it's like a mix of satisfaction, relief, uh, an itch being scratched, as I keep saying to Rob. Um, it, the feeling of knowing that there's a plan that we're putting in place and executing on it. It gives that sensation. If you've ever been driving on ice and then hit concrete again, that's what it feels like. It feels like going from, Oh no to, okay. Traction. It's, it's really, really powerful and it, it's worth the time to do uh, unless you're not serious, unless you're not serious, unless you're sort of your attention span is so short that you just want to flip from thing to thing yeah. and then kind of yeah. wonder why you don't have any meaningful success. <laughs> treat, treat as a business. Treat, treat it as a business. Yeah. Treat as a business. If you don't, you're playing at it. You really are. Whiteboards. Get yourself a whiteboard. Just get yeah. all your ideas out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brainstorm the ideas, then put them together. One of the biggest things I think we have in this space is people sort of being, and it's pretty subtle. It's not always obvious, but sort of uh, spoon fed this idea. You don't have to try very hard. You don't have to work very hard. That's absurd. It's, it's absurd. It's so, hard work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, work. I, just, I, I appreciate it. I'm, 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 I'm pretty, pretty full, but I'm, I'm always willing to help people. Initial conversations are always just a, a discussion. I, I said to someone earlier today, I, I've got a sales script. Am I going to sell you anything? No. 
because yeah. I don't actually use it. I, I, I engage with people, I talk to people. And yeah. people come to me mostly because they've got something that's not working right. Yeah. So if you go to my profile, the headline is, I help people fix their problems when it comes to marketing. It doesn't have to be something completely broken, but I can right. show you how to make it work harder, how to make it better, and we find which lever you can pull to make the biggest difference. Do that first. And one final thought. My experience in this online space has been that the people who have driven the best results for me, with me, and around me and my brand are the people who are not flashy, <laughs> you know? So go figure, you know, people who are not spending most of their time and energy convincing you of how great they are at their marketing and their this and their that. Just food for thought there. Um, so Absolutely. with that having been said, Rob, thank you so much. Um, no, pleasure. I, I'm sure that people are going to get a lot out of this. If you'd like to speak to Rob and you want an introduction, reach out to me. I'm happy to make one. Uh, with that, we're off. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Manny Wolf Show. If you know someone that you'd love to have me interview, please go to my website at mannywolf.com. That's M-A-N-N-Y-W-O-L-F-E.com and submit them as a potential guest. We love to bring guests on that our audience wants to hear from. So please help us to find the best guests for you by going to mannywolf.com and submitting anyone that you have in mind to be a great guest, including yourself. And if you'd like to know more about me and what I do, please come over to Facebook and join my group, simply called the Manny Wolf Group. If you'd like to get more into my world where we have all kinds of tips, trainings, valuable stuff for you to help you get better at growing your brand and your audience, please come and join the Manny Wolf Group on Facebook. Until our next episode, I'll see you.